Gary, it's time I taught you something every man should know. How to eat an Oreo cookie. Here's yours. Twist it off. Oh, you did it. Just give it a lick. <laughs> now let's dunk it, just like a professional basketball player. Mmm. Now you just learn to tie your shoelaces and you'll be all set. Only Oreo. Mr. Christie, nobody bakes it better. There you go. A little blast from the past. An Oreo's cookie from the 1990s. A father and son thing. Teaching son how to twist an Oreo. Uh, maybe we'll change the commercial. These days we could have a mom and daughter doing the same thing. Or both. But uh, twisting was important. Dunking was important. They've been around for more than a century, but the Oreo has managed to retain a certain amount of mystery. For example, why do they never come apart evenly when you try, when you twist? Um, different Oreo eaters obviously prefer different methods of Oreo eating. We've been uh, talking about this all night. Some dunk them in chocolate, put bacon in them. Some dunk them in may uh, mayonnaise. Don't try that. Uh, molasses, rather. Peanut butter. All kinds of different options. We've heard lots of interesting ones tonight. Um, but one of the big ones is obviously to twist them apart. And that action produces two separate chocolate wafers. But as we've all known, the cream filling usually only sticks to one side or most of it sticks to one side. It seems there really is no technique, no matter how advanced, maybe you have one out there, that could actually split the contents of an Oreo close to evenly. And only recently have a team of researchers at the Massachusetts of Institute of Technology, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT, no less, sought an explanation. So we figured... We need to know more about this. So joining me from Cambridge, Massachusetts, is Crystal Owens, a PhD candidate in the Department of Mechanical Engineering at MIT and who worked on solving the Oreo mystery. She is an Oreoologist or a preeminent cookie scientist. Crystal Owens, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Yeah, thank you for having me. So, I mean, the obvious question is what prompted the research into into these mysteries that let's be honest these are very this this is popular work people care about this stuff yeah so the research started from a very uh personal interest in desserts essentially so I'm, I'm very picky about my desserts and when i was growing up i remember eating oreos and trying to twist them open so that i would have like a little bit of cream and a little bit of cookie in every bite with the cream on the surface because that's how it tastes best to me Right. And I remember kind of struggling to make this happen. Um, and then I just kind of like forgot about it. I moved on to other things. When I came to MIT, now I've um, started my PhD in studying rheology, which is the study of complex fluids. And so my main PhD research is studying the flow of conductive materials. So this is for like 3D printing of electronics. But it turns out the machine that we use to study these materials, it has two counter-rotating plates so like two little disks that spin one beside another. And this, like one day I looked at that and I said, wow, this machine that I use to study my 3D printing fluids is exactly the same. It's an exact analogy to an Oreo cookie. I wonder if I can use this to solve the question that I um, never figured out as a kid. Is it, it's the Oreo's parallel plate rheology. Did I read that right? Is that? Uh... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you went out to figure out why it is that when you break apart an Oreo, most of the icing always stays on one side. So how did you do that? Yeah. So luckily we had this machine in our lab that we could stick our cookies to, and then we could do a perfect twisting motion. 
Because the idea, the idea that I had, the hypothesis, was that if you give a perfect twist to the cookie, maybe you can split the cream exactly in the middle. And like this there is might be a sweet spot, a sweet spot in the way you do it. Wow. Okay. Exactly. A sweet yeah. spot. If you, if you can do something that's like perfectly twisting, maybe no sort of peeling or other motions. Because um, there are some polymer solutions that do this. It's like something called an edge fracture that's like fairly common in like complex rheology. Right. But it turns out that even with the most perfect twist, we would get the cream all on one side, which was um, kind of intriguing to us. And it, it's kind of like what we found is that the cream sticks better to itself than it does to the cookies. And so under the most controlled circumstances, you get a very clean break of the cream. This doesn't happen for all the cookies in the box. It's only about 80%. Um, because there's like a little bit of randomness. The, the manufacturing of the cookies is not like perfectly controlled, but, but for the most part, it happens every time. And I understand that this, it didn't matter what kind of Oreo you were trying out. It didn't matter if it was double stuff or regular or thin or either way, it, it always worked out this you had the same results. And we really got into this. We spent a lot of time and we went through about 38 boxes of cookies trying to test all the different properties because we tested exactly different flavors, different levels of cream. And the important one was testing different rotation rates and like different, different sorts of twisting. So you're really looking again for that, for that. It was there a way that to twist it either fast or slow or to see if there was one way that could possibly defeat uh, this trend. Yeah. And actually we did find one other possible opening uh, because we had this machine, it can twist a hundred times faster than a human can twist. <laughs> and so we found under like the fastest twisting, we could actually launch the cream. <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> which I guess is defeats the, the whole purpose. Right? Um, yeah. So, so it is that the cream would always stay attached to either one or to zero of the wafers. Right. So if you go out really fast, the cream just just jets out and that's then you're left with two chocolate wafers which would be uh which i suppose would be the w- wouldn't be the purpose so you had some theories on to as to why this is and you just mentioned it i think um but there's a reason you think that the icing always sticks to one side right and so one of the one of the cool things about this is that the icing sticks to one of the wafers rather than the other and it always has like the same direction in the box and so this like it, it's something that we have hypothesized that we've seen some videos of the manufacturing of Oreos that the cream sticks best to the cookie that it was first attached to. And so there's a higher adhesion on one side and a lower adhesion uh, of the cream to the cookie that was, or to the wafer that was put on second. I'm going to try this now. I have a box of Oreos in front of me because I, I, you know, I, oddly enough, I'm one of those people who eats the whole cookie. That was always, I just liked it all at once. And I think I actually preferred the wafers to the cream, which is, you know, I think everyone has their own way of liking an Oreo, but you're right. Every time I do it, the most of the icing, actually this one, some of the icing, enough of the icing stuck to the other wafer that it would actually be a nice wafer biscuit ratio sort of and, and you think there are exceptions you said that only about 80 percent of the cookies in any given box um sort of abide by the general rule but then it's a little bit tricky if you want to say like what do you count as dividing between wafers because you can get right. it so the cream like rips and you get like a half moon on both sides right. but what we actually want is to get a thin layer on both cookies so it's like evenly coated and that's a lot harder to do I, I've just opened three and I would say that it's impossible to do so far because it's, you're right. It's, it's sort of giving me uneven amounts of icing on either side. I'm not getting a nice, uh, I'm not getting a nice 
uh, a nice portion. I'm not getting an even thinned out portion on each side, as you had mentioned. Um, so, so were you were you satisfied with the results as a scientist and as an Oreo lover, as a cookie lover? Were you were you surprised at all by what you found? I mean, I was very disappointed because I expected to find like a special trick, but I was satisfied that I could finally put this question through best. What's been the reaction to it? Because people are fascinated by these sorts of questions. And especially when you sort of put something as interesting as the Oreo meter, as I guess it became known, that double, that machine you were using. Um, what kind of reaction have you had to it? Right. So I guess I didn't expect anywhere near the reaction that I've gotten because this was, this was very much a personal question. But I guess it's kind of like what teachers say in the classroom is like, you should ask the question that you're thinking of because maybe other people have the same question. And I found that this this uh, whole paper has really resonated with a lot of people. Um, like, like both the fact that we just like really got into a very silly question and like the idea of like, this is, this is like very much curiosity driven research. And we found that this puzzle of like science hidden in plain sight that people are like very interested in. Just in terms of, of, of your broader work, the fact that these these cookies will not give you, I'm going to do this again, because yeah, no, again, <laughs> this one was mostly icing on one, very little on the other. Um, what does it say? I mean, what is the broader lesson learned here from uh, in terms of just what you discovered? Because there is science behind this, right? If you can forgive my ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And actually, that was the kind of test that we did on the, the Oreo cream is exactly the same test we do on any sort of fluid that we're trying to design for like one of many reasons. And so like the measuring of the yield stress of the fluid is is important for designing other kinds of fluids. Like maybe if you want to design a gluten-free Oreo, if you have those measurements, then you know how to replicate it. Or if you look at like any other soft solid, like it turns out the, the sandwich model, um, like like this the the wafer, the cream, the wafer is also a very good model of the Earth's crust because we have like a hard crust and then a soft, like squishy part below that, and then another hard layer. So it's like the mechanics that we found are relevant for many other applications. The um, and this applies to just I mean there you in your paper you also look at other examples that we see in everyday eating life where we see the same phenomenon like why do certain piece parts of cereal always rise to the top of the box and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's where like the field of rheology is very interested in food. I think like all of, all of us scientists like playing with our food. And it, it's fascinating to find these questions that we can that we can answer through scientific study. Did you do you still love the Oreos as much? What's your Oreo? What's your go-to? So you do like to separate them that much we know because you went you took time to to investigate, but are you still <laughs> after your 36 boxes, are you still an Oreo fan? Yes. Yes. Actually, probably the way that my Oreo eating habits have changed the most is at the very end of our study, we studied um, the the intake of milk and how long it takes Oreos to get soggy, and ah. so that that has made it like very. Um, I mean, basically, I so, so as an engineer, I like optimizing processes, and I've optimized the timing for like how long you're supposed to dip the cookie in the milk, and then how long you have after you've dipped it until you can eat it to make sure it doesn't fall apart. And so, so that's like very satisfying to get right now. So, Crystal, you did discover a secret here, so or at least a an optimal. So, so what is optimal then? If, so if you dip your cookie in milk, in 1% milk for about five seconds, then you have about 60 seconds to eat it before it'll fall apart. So one second in the milk and 60 seconds to eat. Yeah. So five that, seconds in the milk. Oh, five seconds, right. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and but if you have a bear wafer, then you only have 30 seconds to eat it. Ah. So it's and, like the cream, the cream adds some structural integrity. Right. And what about in terms of, of, uh, of different, like, what if you have 2% milk or is it just, does that make a difference? It, so we didn't test that, but right. our theory would be that 2% milk would be slower. So you would have a little bit more time. And if you had skim milk, it would be faster. So you have to be a little bit faster at eating your cookies. Interesting. So you have, so again, if 1% milk, you got five seconds to dip and 60 seconds to eat, presumably 2%, you might have a little more time to dip and about a little more time to eat maybe. That's uh, that's correct. So what next? Are you are you working on any any other uh, labors of love, so to speak? <laughs> we definitely have ideas that have been pouring in, uh, but that's one of the reasons we added to our study the the oreometer, which is like six dollars worth of printed plastic. It's it's a rheometer that's powered by rubber bands and pennies, so that anyone who has access to a three D printer can go and they can start adding to our field of study if maybe people want to test like the effect of staleness or the effect of milk or or other things that people have been suggesting yeah i saw i saw a video on youtube of your oreo your oreometer it's uh, it's fascinating stuff crystal owens thank you so much for your time today that's uh you know science is always fascinating it's specifically fascinating sometimes when it deals with everyday stuff like the oreo cookie i really appreciate it yeah thank you so much for having me <laughs>